Hello, I'm Emmy Vadness, and I'm delighted to invite you to join me for my intuitive development, How to Trust Your Inner Knowing class. We'll meet for four Saturdays starting October 28th on Zoom Live Video. There's a special discount for new Thinking Aloud volunteers. I'll personally guide you to connect with your heart, enhance decision-making, and empower yourself. Ready to embark on this transformative journey? Visit emmyvadness.com to learn more and reserve your spot. We have now released Issue 3 of the New Thinking Aloud magazine. Download it for free at newthinkingaloud.org. New Thinking Aloud is a non-profit endeavor. Your contributions to the New Thinking Aloud Foundation make a meaningful difference in our ability to produce new videos. Thinking Aloud Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Emmy Vadness, co-host with Jeffrey Mishlove. Our topic today is how intuition can elevate your health and wellness. My guest is Marcia Emery, who's been a guest on New Thinking Aloud two previous times. She is a psychologist and a pioneer in the field of applied intuition. As a college professor, she expanded into parapsychology, blending the study of intuition and dreams. She has served as a board member of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. She is author of Dr. Marcia Emery's Intuition Workbook, an expert's guide to unlocking the wisdom of your subconscious mind, the intuitive healer, accessing your inner physician, and Power Hunch, living an intuitive life. Marcia is located in Ashland, Oregon. Now I'll switch over to the internet video. Welcome, Marcia. It is a true joy to have you back with us on New Thinking Aloud today. Can I say the joy is also mine? (laughs) Uh, I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted to have another opportunity to enlighten your viewers about intuition. Did you notice the pause? Intuition going within. (laughs) Yes. In our previous conversations, we've explored your background in intuition. Can you share how did you first discover that intuition can enhance a person's health and wellness? I want to start with a little phrase that guides me. Shift does happen. (laughs) Now, when I used to give lectures and public people would look at me, what did she say? And I said, shift (laughs) does happen. And that's at the core of everything that I do and everything that I have learned. And we're of two minds, an intuitive mind, a logical, rational mind. And so most often to get to our intuition, I've learned we have to kind of do something to silence that talking (laughs) logical mind and be able to shift to this uh, magnificent realm with, with intuition. 
And uh, so that's one part when we're talking about intuition. And I also will mention, you know, I'm a dream lover. And when we go into intuition, that's something everyone could do. And that's where our dreams are. And remember, our dreams take us to a place beyond time and space. And on the last two programs that we've done together, I shared how I had some absolutely incredible dreams. And so what we're shifting from, I can't be well, or I can't be healed to, I can be well, and I can be healed. And that's the shift I want to emphasize here. And uh, when we're going to the intuitive mind, what we're doing is we want to get a breakthrough perspective of what what is happening. We want to look at uh, something that is symptomatic, something that is ill at ease, dis-ease. And we want to take a look at that and say, what does it really mean? And what steps do we have to take? So I'm going to now take a step that I took that led me right back to the journey that I'm on now. Well, where was I? I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's where we left off at our last interview. I was in Grand Rapids and I'm doing all kinds of things with, with intuition. And uh, I was coming and moving, relocating to California. And as anybody knows, a move is really tiresome. And uh, you get out of sorts, out of whack, out of alignment, whatever it might be. And so I finally get to California, Berkeley, to be specific, my new home. And I had a horrendous, horrendous toothache. I could barely function. It was so bad. And, uh, okay, this was all part of the move and, you know, being out of sorts, out of whack, so to speak. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and I'm telling her about my toothache. And she said, well, you need to see my uh, Qigong doctor. I said, oh, is he a dentist? She said, no, (laughs) he works with Qigong. And I said, Qigong, what is that? What is that? And uh, I, I came to learn quickly to first trust the inner voice, trust my intuition. And I, I talked last time about Dr. Elmer Green and said, follow the unusual path and see where it leads. And I had to trust that. I, I really, uh, I just opened myself to it. And I kind of heard a, word, a voice you know, I hear, and the uh, voice said, follow the unorthodox path. Maybe you're going to go like a periscope around the corner, and you're going to uh, push the boundaries. The path is going to take you to a different place. And what happens with this is you trust when you're trusting the unusual. So I go in to see Dr. Binkenboo. (laughs) <laughs> who was a Qigong master, and uh, I look at him. We didn't talk so much. I told him my mouth was a problem, and he starts doing movements and exercises, and I'm loving that. The dancer in me is loving that. He puts me on a table, and he's moving. He's doing 
not pounding, he's pounding on my body and he's moving energy around. And this is the essence of Qigong. It's your energy around you, the energy field, and he's moving that around. And when we, when we finished, I looked at him and I said, oh, my God, I felt like I was walking on a cloud. Days go by and I'm feeling better and better. So that was the first thing that brought me into the light, let's say, into the intuitive light of what was going on. Did you also follow up with your dentist? No. I was new in town. <laughs> Who could get to a dentist when you're new in town? And I called several people and they made some suggestions and nothing happened. And, you know, there are times, Emmy, that we have to rely on ourselves. And to me, that's the beauty of the intuitive voice. So fortunately, I found a very perfect resolution for me at that time. And uh, this is not to uh, negate any other treatment or any other possibilities. But, you know, sometimes we have to make a quick decision. And what are we going to do? Sometimes we have little information. So my role here is to talk about intuition as a um, first rebounder, <laughs> as the first source of information, especially when nothing else is available. And I've also mentioned, uh, just briefly, I had a couple other ailments. I mean, I could barely walk. My, my foot, you know, was just, but I'm going to talk about how I handled my foot. Oh, my eye. Oh, maybe my gums. We'll talk about that later when we talk about uh, some of the remedies in my healing bag. I've come along with the healing pouch and tips, and so we'll get to those. Right. And there are people who have been to their primary doctor, which, you know, again, this is not to be taken as a substitute for medical advice. At the same time, many people have gone to their primary practitioners, maybe even multiple practitioners, and sometimes they get some help or sometimes it's exact the exact remedy they need but there are times where they're really not helped and so intuition can be a tool to assist a person forward with their own health and wellness in that regard i come back to whose responsibility is it mine <laughs> solo mio you know it's all my responsibility and as i said there are times i mean you can't call on anyone else or there are times, whoever the practitioner is, whatever we want to call them, you know, could, could give a misdiagnosis, can give something inappropriate. Uh, I, from the best of sources for me, uh, was given a medication once and uh, told to take a certain dosage. And I started doing that and I knew it was wrong. And so whose responsibility was it? It was mine. And I think of that wonderful song, Lonesome Valley. You know, you've got to walk that lonesome valley and you've got to do it by yourself. Ain't no one there going to help you. You've got to walk that lonesome valley by yourself. So I'm not disregarding, but I'm saying this is my numero uno when I have to call upon someone. And who am I calling upon? My intuition. How would you define intuition? Knowledge gained without rational thought. Mm -hmm. The one I love best is the deepest wisdom of the soul. 
Remember the book Mutant Message Down Under? <laughs> I wish I had that title for my book. It's the Mutant Message Down Under. And my friend Ed Kellogg gave me the best term. It's your internet. We have our internet out there. We get information. But this is when we go in for our internet. And sometimes we describe it as a hunch, as a gut feeling, as so many other words are appropriate. You know, I had a flash. I had a sense. I had a premonition. But what I like to stick with is it is, for me, the deepest wisdom of the soul. What have you found are ways to help people to support their own health? Dare to believe. Trust. Mm -hmm. Obviously, using intuition. And uh, since I already mentioned uh, dreams, let me say more than a word or two about dreams, because we all dream, and it's such a prime source of information. So we have three categories of dreams, diagnostic, and a diagnostic will foreshadow a health challenge. You know, something is developing and going on in the body. And I'm going to give a brief dream. I love this one. It's from Bernie Siegel and his book. A woman, a nurse, had something going on in her system and she didn't know what it was. And she had the following dream. And in the dream, a shellfish opened, a worm stood up, and a woman on the side, an elderly woman, pointed to the worm and said, that's what's wrong with you. Simple. Do you know from that dream she got the clue that she had hepatitis? As simple as that was. And we would call this diagnostic. Now, there are prescriptive dreams as well. And uh, what do you do to heal or maybe not to heal? Uh, this was a case that I heard a long time ago, a dream uh, when I was at a conference. And again, it goes back to a, a woman who had a condition in her body. She didn't know what was going on. Her stomach was bothering her. And she had a dream where her deceased uncle, a distant uncle, came and said to her, you need to eat a can of hearts of palm every day for one month and your ailment will be cured. Well, she woke up. Hearts of palm, you know, what is that? This distant uncle telling me that? But since nobody else has given me a, a, a suitable remedy, what do I have to lose? So she did that. She had a can of hearts of palm every day for a month. And guess what? At the end of that month, she was in remission. Now, the whole uh, other part of prescriptive dream is what not to do. I had a dream that a female physician told me that I had cancer. And in the dream, I got very alarmed and I said, very animated, I don't, you're a quack, you're a phony, I don't have cancer. And I woke up and I wondered, what is this all about? And for women, a big thing is breast cancer. And I did a little examination and I didn't know what was going on. And I forgot about it. Three weeks later, I go to a male doctor. This happens in dreams. You're going to have an image reversal. And instead of a tall female, I had a short male. 
And he puts me on the uh, table and I told him I was concerned about this little, little dot. And next thing I know, blood is spurting out all over the place. And uh, he, and, it, and I said, what's happening? What's happening? And he said, well, you know, I have to take a biopsy. And I said, you didn't ask me. He said, it's okay. You might have cancer and I have to take a biopsy and send it away. Okay. It was invasive. No question. May I do this? Etc. The bottom line is I come back to the doctor. If, you know, he said he has to send the biopsy away. He said, you probably have cancer. Now he's telling me I have cancer. And, uh, I said, well, how much is it going to cost? That's where my mind went. And he tells me it will be about $10,000. Somehow <laughs> that brought me right back to the dream. And I looked at him and I said, no, thank you. So in this case, the dream was clearly telling me what not to do. And thank goodness, you know, I got another a second opinion. I was fine. I found out that this doctor was liable for many other cases. So look how the dreaming mind uh, prescribed me to step away from an unwholesome situation. And, you know, the, the last thing I want to talk about, the last category, is curative. Okay. So now we want to cure. We want to know when our healing is complete. So Norma was another woman uh, who was at the doctor's and she had part of her ovaries removed and part of her intestines, not intestines, but part of her inner workings removed. And uh, she was very nervous. And the doctor said, we have to keep an eye on you. So this kept her very anxious. And Norma was a dreamer and she goes to sleep that night and she has a dream where she's giving a certificate with a free tank of gas. She gets in her car. She goes over the hill. She gets to the bottom. She noticed the gauge is on empty and she says, oh, I have a certificate for a free tank of gas. I'm going to use it. She uses it. She gets tanked up and off she goes. Now, what a wholesome, exciting dream to show her she was over the hill and her body was, you know, fully prepped now to go on with the rest of her life. Those are wonderful stories. So dreams are one way that we can access our intuition. What are other ways for people who are maybe listening and don't quite know how to trust their intuition? What are other ways they can access and trust their intuition. Okay, I'm going to give some tips here. And uh, with the tips, we'll also segue into some of the techniques in my bag, some of the exercises. Uh, what is very important is to turn it around. Now, what do I mean by turn it around? When we're ailing, we tend to be very negative about what is happening. And we have to turn our thoughts and our feelings and our actions around to, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to become whole. I'm going to really feel good. And there's a little song that I sing. It's a golden oldie and it's accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess 
with Mr. In-Between. And I <laughs> sang this to a friend of mine the other day, and he comes back from YouTube sending me that song that Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters sang. And it was a long, long time ago. But see, that song is so timely right now. And it's so important for me to say to people, stay in the zone and be positive. And to do that, I go into tip number two, watch your language. This is very important. How often have people said something like, he makes me so angry, he makes me sick. And the next thing, they are sick. Or he's really a pain in my butt. I'm saying he, 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 but it's okay. He's a pain in my butt. Okay. And suddenly we have a pain in my butt. And, or, you know, I can't stomach what she is telling me. Now, do you see what I'm doing? This is part of a mind body. And I'm giving you language. And that language is going right into me. And it's feeding into my mind, <laughs> my body, my soul, my emotions, the mind, body, heart, and soul. It's feeding right into that. And uh, it, it's not helping me. Okay. So. Another tip, move it around. Okay. Let, let's, let's, let's dance. Let's take a jog. Here's a good one. Let's take an imaginary jog. Imagine if you get up in the morning and you put on your red jogging outfit and you go out and you have your red tennis shoes on. Of course, your jogging suit is red. And you go out to the nearby park and you go out to exercise and you start going round clockwise, clockwise, clockwise. Wow, you did three laps, four laps, and you come back and you feel so good. And you get back and you go into the, you know, take your clothes off, the jogging suit, you go into the shower and you say, oh my God, do I feel healthy? I feel so robust. So whether you do it in reality or whether you do it in your imagination, just move it around. Maybe you want to do that and imagine yourself swimming. That's okay. Maybe you want to imagine another thing, taking a hike someplace. That's okay. But get it moving around. And uh, my moving around is Qigong. Moving the energy. Ever since, by the way, I had that dentist, dentist, doctor, the Qigong doctor posing, standing in for a dentist, I became a Qigong practitioner since that time. And I do my Qigong daily. I go out to a tree. I connect with my tree where there's energy exchange. Okay. So that leads me to say with the tree, Go into nature. Step outside yourself. And, you know, when you go out, I talk to the tree. My tree told me her name is Sarah. Well, what's wrong with that? Nothing. What's right with it? She's a living being, the tree, and we converse. So you could go out in nature, uh, get grounding, take grounded, take your shoes off. And all of this is helping you go within. Now, let's get a little more, maybe practical, somebody would say. Okay, I don't want to go out and I don't want to do this. 
Keep a diary. How basic is that? Get your diary. Call it an idea book. Call it whatever you want to call it. But, you know, as you begin to listen, as you begin to get, you know, aware, you're going to get some marvelous insights, some hunches. That's intuition. You're going to get daydreams. Boy, those daydreams are so wonderful, giving you information and insights. And uh, when you start recording your insights in your idea book, whatever you're going to call it, they're going to proliferate. Suddenly I had an idea, a flash. That's intuition, remember? A flash. I need to call Anita. Okay. I call her. And she says, oh, I'm so glad you called. I lost that recipe you gave me for the healing soup that I want to make. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Now, I thought, oh, boy, let me write that down in my my diary. How about another tool of saying an affirmation? I affirmed every single day leading up to this interview that I was going to have a delightful interview that was important, that gave very vital tips. I wanted, to, I said, I want my ideas to enlighten and inform everyone. I said that every day and I pictured, I also did another thing. I stalked my imagination. I imagined my imagination talking to you and telling you this. So uh, th- those, you know, are, are two related, related things. Uh, another thing, and it's a little bit of a stress relief, but it's, it's breathing. How do we get in here? Because I'm going to talk later. I said the word shift. I'm going to make the shift from the logical mind to the intuitive mind. And there are a couple ways I get there. And one of them is by breathing. Have you ever heard of belly breathing? I'm saying that to everybody. I know you have, Emmy. (laughs) I'm saying that to everybody out there. And, you know, when we breathe, we suck in our belly. And, you know, with the belly breath, we push like a hot breath. And we push it out and then in. And this starts slowing down our breathing. And the more we slow down our breathing, the more we're getting into the intuitive mind. Can, can you feel and see that happening? Okay. And so uh, a part of that happening, you know, is with the breathing. And I call it receptivity because we have to do something to relax. Even if we just hunch our shoulders and let them down. Ha! Huh? <laughs> That's the hot breath, you know, letting the, the hot breath out with, with something. So the, those are little things with, uh, with, with stress re- release. Uh, now, any of this input that is coming to you can come into a whisper or a shout. So what do you have to do? You have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. That's important. And how do we pay attention back to that diary? When you start writing those things down, you become so aware of this. Now I want to come back to the body. Our body is an intuitive antenna. When it's smooth, I move. When it's rocky, I stop. Somebody gives me a new prescription to take. I don't know whether it's right or not. 
And I look at that prescription and I have to let my intuition speak to me. So we can talk about how my intuition is going to speak. Mm-hmm. How do I hear it? How do I know it? Well, those are great suggestions. And what you're really describing is that when we are in our rational, linear, judging, analytical mind, we are maybe not as connected or usually not as connected to our intuition. And even hearing some of your seemingly simple exercises, the logical mind might dismiss it and say, well, that's so simple. What is that going to do for me? However, what you're describing, Marcia, I know I have certainly practiced in my life and it really does help when we are overthinking, analyzing something, worrying, uh, ruminating, that if we can step back, like with some of your suggestions of going for a jog or imagining that or doing some yoga or going for a swim or even just daydreaming and looking out at the clouds, that we're shifting our mindset, our perception and our own cognition and consciousness. We are. We may not be aware of it. We may not be aware of it. And, you know, when you feel your body suddenly at peace, Okay, it's almost like an expansion around me. And the image I just got, if I'm outdoors, it's like, oh, those green leaves really look green. I'm really seeing them. Oh, look at the water in the brook. I'm really hearing that water in the brook. And oh, I I look up and the sky is so blue. And it's saying to me, peace. Just feel yourself. Fill your pockets with peace. And peace, be be still. So there are so many ways of opening up and becoming attuned. Yeah. And what's fascinating about some of these great suggestions you're giving is that they are naturally an antidote for stress. They help us get into that more relaxation response state, which in and of itself can also be very healing for people, right? Bingo, you said the magic word, stress. (laughs) Okay, I don't feel stressed, by the way, right now. Good. I really feel filled with radiant health. I want you to know that. And I'm very happy to to say something, to make a statement like that. But uh, I talk to a lot of people, and I remember Melissa telling me, oh, my chest is all tight, and I don't know what to do. And here's where the intuitive healer comes in. The intuitive healer would say, okay, let me give you a metaphor. Now, the intuition speaks in pictures, symbols, and images. I've said that before. And so Melissa got the picture and the image of this log jam going on in her chest. She said it's like a log jam, and she could see that. So she takes the next step of calling guess who? Paul Bunyan, (laughs) the logger, to come in and separate the logs going on in her chest to sort them out. Meaning like she was in a, she was in like a relaxed meditative state doing this? Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, yes, she was calling and she was going inside to say, how can I help? I'm sorry, I didn't say that explicitly, but she was actually saying, how can I deal with this stress? And this is part of one of the techniques is calling up metaphors, pictures, symbols, or images. So she got the metaphor of Paul Bunyan. 
okay, of the logs of Paul Bunyan. And and suddenly, as she watched them (laughs) go down the river, her whole self began to relax. Now, I love using metaphor. Okay. Um, Or we could just for the moment even say imagery, imagery. I knew a lady, and she had pretty severe arthritis. And she took to her rocking chair and again went into her relaxed state, went into the alpha intuitive state. And as she was there, she took out this golden watering can and used that to oil her joints. Okay. Did it happen immediately ASAP? No, no. But in time, it was just amazing, amazing how this went on and and helped her. And so there are so many things, you know, you have an upset stomach. Do you have a hose with kinks in it? Imagine yourself sorting out that hose. How about people with, oh, I feel so tense and their shoulders are up to their ears. Okay. Take these barbells off one by one. And you're doing this in a relaxed state to relax. Well, now I'm really, really tense. I'm carrying the world. Have you ever said that I feel like I'm carrying the world on my shoulder? And so imagine Atlas. (laughs) Atlas comes and he speaks to you and you look at Atlas and he drops the ball. (laughs) And as the ball is dropped, you know, you see yourself dropping and feeling really good. And uh, I, I, I love using metaphor for healing. Those are great mind-body examples of how you can use your intuition to work with your own consciousness and your own body. And really the application of intuition is limitless as far as it could be used, like you said, for supplements, for prescriptions, maybe the type of food you might eat or foods to try to avoid, drinks to have, drinks to avoid, relationships, where you live, you know, just on and on, right? Intuition can really help you make decisions and gain insight into how to go forward in the best way in all of those aspects of your life. Absolutely. Now, I hear the intuitive voice. Okay. And you might say to me, how do you hear the intuitive voice? I do. I do. And it's like, I didn't realize, Emmy, everyone doesn't hear dictation when they write. Now, am I hearing a voice like a voice, my voice, reality voice that I'm speaking to you? No, but in the back of my mind, there is a voice. And that voice, that wee small voice, is my intuitive voice. And it might say to me, hey, get a second opinion. Did you listen? Did you listen to what your mother told you to do type of thing? And you look at me and say, well, you know, I don't hear. Okay. Not everybody hears. Some people see. Some people are very visual. And they could, what do I need to do to heal? And they see themselves already engaged in an exercise. Someone else 
may wonder, and they use this. You get what this is? They're feeling, and they're going to say, I, I wonder if that prescription was right for me that was given. Let, let me get the feel for it. And they're feeling. And somebody else will, oh, I have a new chiropractor. Let me say the chiropractor's name. Does that give me a good taste to my mouth? And some people are truly tasters and get a taste for it. And some people, aka known as the lawyers, pass the smell test, you know, and uh, they could have a supplement and or they could meet a new person and think of the new person. And, you know, I get a good smell about this person. It passes the smell test. So that is the way we're going to extend our senses to be able to use intuition to go in and to apprehend. Intuition can help somebody to understand why they have a particular ailment or illness. And also it can help them to understand a path forward and maybe out of it, or if they are living with a chronic condition, on how to best live with it. Correct. Correct. Let's take Norman Cousins. Some people might remember Norman. And, uh, I mean, he was an editor of the Saturday Review. He was very popular. He came down with a, a serious disease that he couldn't cope with. The doctors didn't even know how to cope with it. And he said, you know, I'm going to give myself laughter as medicine. And he got the Marx Brothers, he got Laurel and Hardy, he got as many comedies as he could. And every day he gave himself that laughter medicine. And yes, he left right out of his illness. Many, many years later after that, after he was already whole, he had a heart attack. Guess what he did? He went right back to the comedies and healing himself. And so, you know, prescriptive is if you feel whole and you are coping with what you have, that's a very important aspect of the healing. For somebody who's listening who maybe recently just received a diagnosis of cancer or some other type of ailment, what might you suggest to them to help them access their intuition for their health going forward? Okay, one of my top tools with intuition is using it as a metaphor and going into the body and letting the intuition speak to me that way. So here was Jenny, and I was working with her in a workshop, and Jenny had just turned 53. And she had, at that age, the onset of diabetes, and she was kind of paralyzed. She didn't know what to do about it. So I said, well, Jenny, let's go in, look at your intuition and find out how you are going to work and accept this diagnosis. So first, I would like you to just go into yourself and imagine an object inside to represent the diabetes. What object would you have? She got quiet. How about she said, I see a push, a pincushion, a pincushion. What color is in there? She said, red. And I said, well, if there were, if a song was playing in that area, 
what song would it be? She got quiet and she said, if I have a hammer. And the song, the old Pete Seeger song, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer out the love between my brothers and my sisters. So we come and we're about to talk about it. And I said, well, what, you know, let's look at what this means to you. The pincushion. So she said, well, that's obviously me. I am the pincushion and I'm constantly sticking myself with needles and I don't like doing that. But what is red? I'm angry. I'm angry. And uh, red is a color of anger. And I said, well, that's song title. And that is very interesting. What do you have to say about that song? And she went on to tell me, and she's an Asian woman. I didn't mention that. But in her background, in her family, the sons are revered. They're given the education and the women stay home, <laughs> learn how to be a good wife. And she was so angry that her brothers were allowed to go on and get education. And she wasn't. And she said, you know, I have a lot of resentment now toward my brother. I said, what are you going to do? She said, well, you know, I have to call him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I have to call him and make peace with him. Now, her face changed from intense intensity, rigidity, aggravation to just, ah, that's what it is. That's what I have to do. And I, I, and I'd like to give another example, which is just a, and not an illness, but a, a malady, a, just a common irritation, everyday malady that happens. And I'm going like this now with, with my, my shoulders. Okay. And, uh, oh, here I am. Here's the setting. I'm on a book tour for my book, The Intuitive Healer. And I'm in a bookstore and it's noisy and everything is going on. And I'm given a very small setting, a very small area for people to come. So people come around and, uh, Right on the spot, I want to give them tips and I want to help them. So I'm saying, does anyone here have a pain? <laughs> and I'm saying it like to make almost fun of the fact that, oh, nobody has a pain, do you? Does anybody have a pain? And everybody's hand, you know, shoots up. So one gal, her hand goes up and I said, come over here, come up over here. And where is the pain? She says, oh, my God, it's right here. She said, I'm just so, oh, this is so intense. It hurts me so much. I said, okay, now I want you to work with me as we're going to do this together. If there was an object, just think, let's relax first. Take a deep breath. Just relax. And I want you to go into that neck. If there were an object in there, what object would it be? She said, I see a meat grinder in my neck. I said, okay. What color do you see? And she too saw red, red. And I said, okay, what uh, movie <laughs> comes to mind when you think of that or song? She looks at me and quickly says, never on Sunday. I thought, oh, my God. 
That was so popular so far back, but never on Sunday. So I was delighted to hear that because that was such a clue. And I said, okay, Denise, do you work every single day? She says, yes, yes, I do. Uh, do you ever take a day off? She says, no, no. I said, are you angry about that? She says, yes, yes, yes. I said, what do you think this is telling you? Hey, who's the meat grinder? She says, I'm the grinder, grinding this out, grinding, grinding, grinding. I said, is this telling you something? And she broke into a broad smile, her shoulder relaxed, and she says, yes, it's telling me, never on Sunday. Now, why I like this so much, I not only like the movie, <laughs> never on Sunday, and that was a long, long time ago, but, uh, here in a crowded situation, without having a prescription, without going into any kind of professional, you know, office, she got the cure that she needed. It was right there. Intuition seems to be our own authentic self, our own truth. Some might even equate it with spirituality, a divine force or God. How much do you think when a person is not in alignment with their own authenticity, living from their own purpose and meaning or with meaning, how much do you think that impacts a person's health and wellness? And what role does intuition have to help them get back on that path? Body, mind, heart, and soul. Okay. The body, the physical, the mind, the mental, the emotions, the heart, the emotions, the soul, the spiritual. We need to be in alignment. And when you talk about alignment and spirituality, I look to the higher self. What is in our best interest? Because if somebody told me, oh, you need money, go out and rob a bank. Well, I'm not going to do that. That's not in alignment with my higher self. Uh, well, you know, you're talking to people. Do you think you're giving them ideas? Yes, I'm giving them ideas. What are you really here to do? And what I'm here to do is to help them find their purpose, find their truth, find what is good and what is just for them and what is right for them, not what works for me. So if I could get some suggestions and they have to go, it's like their source. <laughs> My hands go up like this if, it, if it's a diagram. Yeah, to their source, to have that source speak through them and to them to find out what is right and what is just and what works for them. And, you know, the, the intuitive mind, when you go into this inner net, think of it as a huge computer. It's way bigger than our own computer, a physical computer. It takes us way past time and space and it gives us ideas and it tells us what we need to do or what we don't need to do. And I just, for a moment, want to use the phrase, the dreamitarian diet again. Here's my dreams, for example, telling me I need to eat avocado. I need to eat grapes. And I've talked about the dreamitarian diet of Ed Kellogg's before. And it's, it's just, where does this come from? And you know where it comes from? Being in alignment. When my intuitive mind, when my higher self wants to see me 
taking care of my body in the best way possible. It's going to rain down suggestions like a dreamatarian diet or show me the exercise I need to do. I had somebody who uh, didn't know what kind of exercise to do. And it was one of my students and a male. And after becoming relaxed and centered, and he walks into an empty gym. And do you know what he sees? A, nat a Nordic track equipment. And he says, oh, that's what I need, the Nordic track. I used to do that. I need it. So, you know, however we're going, that's, we're asking for anything, body, mind, heart, and soul, to put us, or to put the pieces together, to put them into alignment. How do you help people trust their intuition? That's such an important question because our intuition is neutral. It has no agenda. There's nothing for my ego. There's nothing for myself. Uh, when our intuition goes astray, I call it the uh, culprits. And the culprits are the false pretenders. Okay. So fear. People often don't act and do what they need to do out of fear. I'm going to lose my job. This is affecting my health. This is affecting my economy, my family. I can't start a new business. I can't go take a new pill. It's going to harm me in some, there's fear. And that fear is coming from the ego. There's also something else, another aspect of the ego, which is wishful thinking. Oh, I know if I don't take that supplement, I'm really going to thrive. I don't need it. That's wishful thinking. I have the wishful thinking is I have everything I need and want in my diet. I don't need to add another supplement. That's the wishful thinking part. The wishful thinking is I don't need exercise. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm fine. And you see, those are of the ego. Those, it's not of the higher self. It's of the little self. And so when I get a hunch about something, I have to kind of ask, is this for me? Is it for someone else? Is it coming through me? You know, is someone shooting on me and telling me I should do this? That's, you know, harsh. That's of the ego. Or is it just a very gentle suggestion that's not attached to anything? The intuition is not attached. I'll say it again. It's neutral. Right. So all of the examples you've given and the ways to detach from the egoic, rational, linear judging mind can help us to get more perspective, shift from fear and worry to more possibilities to open our, the way we're seeing things from more expansive state of being. I come back to my body being an intuitive antenna. Mm -hmm. That's very important. And uh, I almost call it my karmic cross. Okay. When I'm about to do something, if I'm really operating from my intuition, my body is so relaxed. It is so clear. It's like if I went down this way, 
if I went across this way. There's not a ripple of anxiety, of fear, no questions asked. I am at peace. And that comes back to validating my intuition, that I'm making the right move, that I'm making the right judgment, that my feelings are right, that spiritually the way I want to act is on target. I always come back to my body being an intuitive antenna. And the more that people listen to their intuition and carry out the steps that it's suggested to them, and then they receive positive results, the more likely they're going to know how they receive that information to listen to it again in the future. That's so important. And I come back to how do you hear the intuitive voice? Okay. And aside from the suggestions I gave, the extension of each of the senses, you know, the hearing it, the seeing it, the feeling it, the tasting it, and the smelling it, uh, is this just clear sense of knowing that one begins to get. And when we go <laughs> out of alignment, you mentioned that word. When we go out of alignment, be it physically, you know, be it according to our emotions, what we really, really feel in our heart, uh, according to what we think when we go out of alignment, and especially spiritually, then we're not acting in accordance with our highest good. What role do you think love, love of the self, love of others plays in a person's health, wellness, and ability to access and listen to their own intuitive voice or whatever senses they use, the, their own intuition? My dear friend, Henry Reed, wrote a book, Intuition of the Heart. And it was a wonderful book, and it predated mine, even. And uh, I had to be very clear with Henry. What do you mean by the heart? What do you mean by the love? Okay. Now, if love is really pure, okay, if it's a genuine feeling, no strings attached, okay, then it is coming from a genuine, heartfelt place. But if it's coming with an agenda, that's where the culprits come in, then that type of heart, oh, I love you, but you know, what do I mean by that? You know, uh, I love what you're doing, you know, but it has to be a, a genuine to me feeling that takes the emotion out of the heart. Now, does that make sense when I say takes the emotion, takes the judgment out of the heart? Yeah, like unconditional love. Yes, the unconditional love. And uh, that to me is the intuitive mind speaking from, from the heart. Because mm -hmm. I, I used to say when I first started doing this work that, you know, our intuition, you know, it speaks physically, you know, the pains, the things that we're having. It speaks from the heart. It speaks, you know, emotionally. It speaks from the mind, you know, as well. All these quadrants of our being. And, and spiritually as well. In what ways can intuition help us with prevention, prevention of illness, prevention from dealing with, you know, we all experience loss in life, dealing with coping with a loss of a loved one or grief, or even when people experience bouts of depression or anxiety, how can intuition help us cope with that or even prevent some of those situations from exacerbating as much as they may have otherwise. I want to come back to the guided imagery 
I talked about earlier in the interview. Whether it was whether it's a golden watering can or whether you're going to have your angel come in or a little elf to take a magic balm and rub it on your body when it hurts, you know, take this seriously and do it. It doesn't matter who or what it is. It could be your best friend. It could be your mate. Somebody is going to help you on the outside. And I was very impressed with Dr. Dean Ornish and his program for a reversing heart disease. So he was so good that as part of his program, uh, he had people imagine that the coronary vessels were opening up. They were unclogged. They were unlocked. They were clear and they were open. And I mean, how much more serious can we get than doing something like that? So whatever we have, whether it's a hangnail, a toenail, heart disease, I've given in situations with cancer when we're coming to terms, whether these things are serving as a profound change, a profound transformation, profound change into in our thinking and our being. We have everything to be grateful for. And I haven't used the words gratitude yet, but that's so important on this journey. There are so many aspects that go into health and wellness, and we certainly can't cover all of them today. But Marcia, you certainly are giving us a lot to consider in how we can use our own higher self, our own divinity or intuition, however we term that aspect, our true self to navigate these aspects of our lives. And Marcia, I believe you also have a an exercise that you have offered to guide people in. If you would like to share that, we would love to hear what you have to offer us. Okay, very briefly, my mind shift goes from the logical mind that most of us are in into the intuitive mind. We're going to say an affirmation. We might even have an object, you know, that we look at. We might have a beautiful flower that we look at. And then we get relaxed. We talked about relaxation. We become very, and we ask a question. And from that question, uh, that gives us uh, a very important direction to follow. I had a student who was an mechanic. And he was very concerned about somebody, a friend of his. And he went into the mind shift and he saw, he's thinking of this friend and he saw a radiator and a radiator had steam coming out from all the parts. And he said, I know this is my friend when it's happening. And he goes back and he talks to his friend because you get the image. What does it mean? To him, it was meaning his friend had a problem with the heart, the radiator the image of the heart, and that he has to go to his doctor. Well, his friend was averse to doing that. Do you know he encouraged his friend to do it? The friend went to the doctor, and the doctor said, just in time, you came just in time. So this is the beauty. It doesn't have to take a long, involved uh, getting there. We, we get there, and then we go back to the logical mind in the end, and we say, what do I do now? And so for him, the what to do was obviously going to a physician and asking for help. Yeah, we need both. We need the intuitive and the logical mind. Yeah. Marcia, is there anything else you want to share today about how intuition can help elevate a person's health and wellness? 
I'd like to encourage people to look for the silver lining that's so important. And, you know, we all go through despair, down times. I said I'm the picture of radiant health now, but I've had my despair, despairing and, and depressed times. And when you go through that valley, what message can you retrieve that has helped you in your life, a silver lining, turn it around, to hold that close to your heart? Uh, I want to encourage people to keep their diaries. I want to encourage people to listen to their dreams. And most importantly, to feel responsible to trust, to trust intuition. Because, you know, I always say your intuition is always correct. And that means sweep away the shoulds, sweep away, you know, the wishful thinking and the fears. Trust. Trust within. Great advice. And I love what you say about the silver lining because myself having been in healthcare for over 30 years now and my own experiences in life is that despite our best efforts, we can get into challenging situations. And I've noticed that sometimes even in the most difficult illnesses or during grief and loss, that there often can be a silver lining. There can be experiences that we have that teach us how to maybe become better people, maybe become more loving and kind to ourselves and others. So I just also want to share that those who are listening to not beat yourself up if you are, you know, attempting to heal from some type of condition and to be gentle with yourself as you go forward. I don't know how many clients have said to me, my cancer was my greatest teacher, mm-hmm. teaching me to bring the focus back to myself and be true to myself and not try to please other people. Right. Absolutely. So that's also another aspect of our intuition is to, like you say, be aware of what other messages might be coming forward as you continue on your own healing journey. Write the messages in your diary. (laughs) Marcia, thank you so much for being with me today and sharing your years of experience, your wisdom, and for helping all of us to be able to cultivate and trust our own inner knowing, our intuition even more. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Emmy. It's, it's my joy to share this cornucopia, this reservoir of information about the intuitive self, the intuitive mind, your intu- your intuition. Thank you. And for those of you listening or watching, thank you for being with us. You are the reason that we are here. I imagine that by now, many of you already realize that, in conjunction with White Crow Books, we've just launched the new Thinking Aloud Dialogues book imprint, and our first title is, Is There Life After Death? 